Live from the Tech Talk Studios hey. in the nation's capital and the heartland of America. It's Tech Talk. Well, it's Friday. Welcome to Tech Talk. I'm Brad Cost. My co-host, Dr. Jay Greenstein's back with us this week. Uh, coming off a great vacation, it sounds like he had uh, while he was in California. Jay, welcome back. What's up, brother? It is great to be back. And I know you guys crushed it last week with Dr. Chris and Dr. Doug. It was a great, great episode. Chris did an amazing job, and I think he had a great time while he was doing it. Uh, we That's great. You know, he just, he's so engaging uh, and, and fit right into that host piece really well. And yeah. uh, Doug did a great job talking about what he's doing and his uh, mentality, so... It, it was a fun podcast. We missed having you there, but I'm glad that you got a, you got to spend time with your family uh, in California, yeah. man. It was great, man. I got to see my baby niece and my sister and her brother, I mean, her husband, my brother-in-law, so my parents, my mom's 83rd birthday, so it was awesome. That's great. Yeah, I saw some of the photos. Uh, that little niece looks like she could be the apple of your eye, man. <laughs> she is sweet and saucy, just like I, I posted. She? She's Super sweet, but man, she's, she's got a brain on her and um, yeah, look out for her. She's going to be a force. She's quick, huh? She's quick. Well, listen, I, we've got a great guest today. I, uh, I yes, just actually, I just ordered his book, The Wellness to the Core, one that uh, it seemed really interesting to me. He and I were talking about it here before we jumped onto the show. So why don't you introduce him and let's get to talking about it. Yeah, it'd be great. So Dr. Jason Zahners, uh, super happy to have you here. I met you a couple of months ago now, actually at a UAC event, the Ultimate Achievers Club event uh, in Austin, Texas. Uh, watched you and your wife talk about your, your project and what you're doing to kind of change the game using clinical technology. And uh, we're just so glad to have you here. And maybe you could just give the group a little bit of background about yourself and where you're from and all that good stuff. Absolutely. Uh, thanks again for having me. Um, I always uh, love an opportunity to jump on and, and share some of this information with anybody uh, willing to listen. So um, you know, so we've been doing, so we've been in practice for about 16 years. Uh, we practice in Jersey. My wife's a chiropractor. I'm a chiropractor. Uh, we have about seven or eight chiros in our office. Uh, but we also offer a bunch of other modalities. Um, we have an acupuncturist, massage. Uh, but the thing that we're really focusing heavily on these days is hyperbaric oxygen. And so we've been doing hyperbaric now for about uh, 13 of those years. And we've been building out you know, in our own, in our own office, in our own way, we've been building out a, like a business model around hyperbaric in a way to, you know, maximize uh, patient outcome um, and also just make it a great uh, uh, different type of modality that you might not expect, uh, you know, in a, in a chiropractic office, in a wellness office. And so, um, you know, as we started to, you know, gain some good traction in the, in the office and patients were getting great results, people would ask us, Hey, do you know anybody? My cousin's in Ohio. I have an aunt in California, you know? And so we started looking around and realized that, that there just really weren't that many uh, hyperbaric centers around, certainly nowhere near enough to support the, the interest that we were getting in the clinic. So uh, we actually, over the last handful of years, we've been building out curriculums and, and programs. So, you know, now we have a, you know, a business training program. We have a hyperbaric certification program. Uh, that we offer to chiropractors, you know, primarily uh, as a way to get, you know, more healthcare providers offering this type of therapy inside their clinic. Again, it's, it's one of those things to me, you know, hyperbaric at first, a lot of people are like, well, 
hyperbaric in a chiropractic office. It, it, to me, it's actually the most congruent uh, chiropractic therapy you can think of from the standpoint that it's, you know, you're, you're not treating any specific illness. You're not treating any specific disease. You're really just providing the body a raw material that it already needs. You're just giving it a little bit more of that raw material. And then you're allowing the body to do with that raw material, whatever it needs to from a recovery and from a healing standpoint. And so uh, it's a very congruent tool. And for people who come uh, to a chiropractic office, it fits a lot of uh, the indications that we would normally see. So it's a great cross referral and, and, uh, and business at the same time. Jason, I was looking at some of the um, kind of the FDA indications. It seems like maybe there's 14 or so indications that are specific. Then there's a lot of off-label uses. Um, I'm curious to know, like, what are you typically using it for? I know maybe it's not condition specific, but you know, the patients that you're recommending it to, what are they showing up with? Yeah, it's a good question. So there, there are basically 14, you're right, 15 or so indications that are considered insurance uh, approved indications. And those indications are things like um, things that we don't treat in our office, wound care, radiation burns, osteomyelitis, uh, osteonecrosis. So they're really severe uh resistant to healing type issues. And in many cases, hyperbaric is one of the last things that, that they end up uh, thinking about using, even for those cases. And yet most of the time, even pretty aggressive or long lasting, uh, you know, serious indications like that respond really well to hyperbaric. In our case, we're really utilizing it for more of what you would consider to be off-label uses. There's there are 14 indications that are insurance approved. There's about a hundred indications that are what, what are considered internationally recognized indications for off-label use. Things like, you know, a multitude of autoimmune diseases, Crohn's and colitis, MS, ALS, um, a multitude of immune system issues, neurologic issues like TBI, concussion, uh, you know, dementia, uh, neuropathy, which is actually, you know, I had, I had a disc herniation 13 years ago, which was... Uh, sort of my journey into hyperbaric. So I had a full drop foot on my right leg and um, doing all the things I already knew to do. My wife was treating me. I was, you know, on natural anti-inflammatories. I was exercising, stretching, getting work done. Um, but the thing that actually ended up giving me my foot back a year and a half later was hyperbaric. So it, it has a real strong way of helping to regenerate and heal um, many types of nerve injuries and traumas. Other musculoskeletal issues like you know, tendinitis and tendinosis. Um, we also use it for uh, general wellness and performance-based. So for folks who are just very active and, you know, trying to, you know, perform a little bit better, whether it's, you know, in life or perform like literally in a sport. Um, so, you know, a bunch of the professional athletes near us, you know, come to us for, for hyperbaric on, on, on that end of the uh, spectrum as well. So it's interesting, the Olympics are coming up. Um, you know, this is kind of an interesting conversation around athletic performance. What are some of the things that you've seen and, and what are some of the things that your athletes have reported to you related to the use of the hyperbaric chamber? Sure. So there's two ways to look at this. One is literally oxygen as a fuel source uh, and, you know, increasing your oxygen, let's say before an event as an attempt to create a surplus of oxygen to utilize literally in that moment. And then on the other side, there's the recovery aspect. And 
what we all know is, especially in, in performance and sports, you're always balancing this, how hard can I train and how much recovery do I need? And how do I push that envelope and find that line without going, you know, a little too far over the edge? And I would say pretty consistently, most people are a few steps over that edge, you know, and we, we often call it over, over training. And, but I don't know that it's overtraining or in some cases, it's really just under recovering. So in sports, we've used it both ways. I, I think it's, it's, it's appropriate to use it both ways, both pre-event, but also on a regular basis for improved recovery. Uh, most of the athletes I think that, that we treat end up using it more on the regular basis for improved recovery. We all know that if you improve your recovery, you're fresh, you're going to perform better anyway. And so it's much easier. A lot of the pro sports guys, you know, who are traveling all the time, it's pretty hard to travel with their chambers and different things like that. So in some cases in home, you know, in home situations, they might utilize it that way. But for the most part, we're using it throughout the season, especially early season when training is really high um, as a recovery tool to stay fresh and to, to be able to perform at high levels on a regular basis. I'll tell you what, Brad, I'm ready to hop in one of those bad boys right now. Yeah, I was just saying, have you ever had that experience, Jay? No, I've never tried it, but I really want to, especially after seeing Dr. Jason and his wife at this event. It really piqued my interest. And um, yeah, I would love to, I'd love to check it out. I would too. I, you know, you know, the aging thing, Jay, I've got it going on, buddy. You know, maybe that uh, you're always telling me about my dementia. And so. <laughs> no, I just say you're crazy. <laughs> just cra oh, okay. Brad, not demented, crazy. Okay. Well, Jason, that's really interesting. You know, I, my brain goes back. What was your very first experience that sparked your interest in that? That it seems like out of the traditional chiropractic realm and world. What what sparked? Were you at a conference or something that sparked your interest in that? Yeah. So uh, at the time, I was newly in practice. We had just my wife and I had just started our clinic, and I was uh, we were flipping our house. So we were remodeling our house, you know, nights and weekends in between. And I blew a disc putting a new roof on my house. And so, you know, I was out of work. Melissa was working on me trying to, you know, trying to get my back situation under control, which, you know, it took maybe two, three weeks. And then that part was pretty good, but we were training for a triathlon at the time. So, you know, that got put on hold and, you know, I could barely, I, you know, I had full, I had full drop foot on my right leg. Um, and ultimately 18 months later, I was perfectly fine from a, you know, a back standpoint, but I still had full neuropathy in that right foot, full drop foot for a year and a half. Uh, I happened to be at Parker seminar in Vegas, you know, whatever year that was. And they had these, you know, in the venue, there was, you know, these chambers. And I was like, I, I had no idea what it was. I didn't know what it did. And I had no intention of it actually helping. It just looked cool. I was like, Oh, that thing looks awesome. You know? And I was like, Hey, can I go in there? He's like, yeah, we're doing sessions. So, you know, I jump in there. I'm in there for like a half hour. It seemed interesting, you know, didn't think much of it. And as I'm walking around the rest of the vendor hall, all of a sudden I started getting, you know, pins and needles in my foot. I hadn't felt my foot in like a year and a half. And I was getting, you know, that, that feeling of like the blood flow rushing back into my foot. And I was like, is, is that from the thing I just did? You know, that that's crazy. So I went back, I go to talk to the guy. He's like, Oh yeah, yeah, that that's definitely because, you know, and I'm like, yeah, right. You're just trying to sell me your, your silly toy. And uh, anyway, so he agrees that, you know, it's probably helping. He gives me a book to read, you know, so I'm reading the book. He, and we end up doing about eight hours over four days while I'm at the conference. 
And I left that conference with about 10%, 15% maybe recovery in my foot. And that was the first thing that changed my foot in a year and a half. So right out of the gate, I was like, here's my credit card. I want one of these things, you know? And so I, I had one sent to my house, no intention of ever using it in the clinic. Uh, I treated myself for a few months and I had a full recovery of my foot. Wow. And I was like, you know, clearly this is doing, I don't know what it did, but it did something, you know? And from there, I just started playing with it. My stepdad uh, at the time was diagnosed with MS and, you know, I had no idea, but I was like, I don't know. I had a nerve problem. He has a nerve problem. It's totally different, but it's worth a shot. So I did a really aggressive protocol with him. And I mean, he got feeling back in his feet, his gait stabilized. He started walking stairs again, uh, improved his balance. And so I was like, oh my God, this thing is, I still don't know what it does, but it's amazing. And at that moment, that was when it clicked for me. And I was like, I need to figure this out. So I started like diving into the research and really looking through like the mechanisms. How does this work? Why is it working? Why isn't anybody using it yet? Um, Why is it so hard to find? Why are there so many myths? You know, I just started you know, digging through all that bit. And then over the years, we just, you know, built it into, um, for ourselves into, you know, a whole center within our clinic. And uh, it's been great. It's, it's one of those things where when it's the right fit for that patient, it's the thing that makes everything else that you're doing really click. That's just phenomenal. I love that story. That is a great story. You know, I'm a scuba diver and I, and I remember studying a little bit about that whenever I was going, but can you overdo it? I mean, is it something that you can overtreat with or does the body get to a certain level of saturation and, and that's it? Yeah. I mean, if you remember with scuba diving, there's certain depths you can go to like no deep, no decompression stop depth. So you could like stay there virtually hours and hours and hours, come right up to the surface with no problem. So at certain depths, you can do a lot and there's very little risk. I would say you do hit a point of diminishing return. So at some point you do get what we consider, you know, saturated and longer isn't necessarily any better. Um, but depending on what, you know, different chambers, different percentages of oxygen all have different effects. And so the deeper you go, just like in diving, the deeper you go, now you need to be aware of other potential, um, you know, adverse reactions or oxygen toxicity is a thing. You know, so understanding, like anything else, understanding the boundaries around all of that, understanding how to, you know, frame a protocol, keep somebody very safe, get all the effect you're trying to have and not going too far to create any any downside. But those, at this point, you know, back when I started this, maybe they weren't as clear, but, but at this point, those boundaries are very, very clear. And that's a big part of what we teach because, you know, people get nervous. They hear things like oxygen toxicity. They hear things like, seizures, you know, these are things you could easily, you know, Google about hyperbaric, but, but it takes a lot of effort to really, you know, push somebody too far the wrong way. And so as long as you know where those boundaries are, which is, you know, primarily a lot of what we teach in our certification courses, um, you know, you can keep the patients very, very safe, keep them miles away from any of those, um, you know, negative reactions and, you know, maximize the, the positive effect that you're trying to have. Well, I mean, kudos to you that you're doing that in a really researched, evidence-based kind of way because, you know, it it is a tool that I could see we do in many professions in healthcare. There are those old utilizers that, you know, see it as a a way to make money instead of a true treatment plan. But 
I think that's very cool. We're going to take a quick break and come back. I'd like to find out how you first started into the hardware. I know you told the story, but how did you get to where you were reselling that hardware, what the hardware entails, what it takes to do? And so let's let's take a quick break and we'll come back and get into that. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. The Canvas app, the app that can take your practice to the next level by providing a customized, direct connection between your practice and patients. Through the new built-in rewards program, Canvas can grow new and existing patient numbers and increase your patient's adherence to care plan. What does your custom dream app look like? Elevate your practice with Kaizenovate. This episode is sponsored by Infinity. In the modern age of electronic data interchange, Infinity is committed to helping clinicians get paid fast so that they can spend less time tracking claims and more times with their patients. As a pro advocate for the healthcare industry, we create tools that make sense for electronic claims processing and business analytics. You couple that with superior support team, we strive to ensure your business is performing at its best. Infinity committed to the future of claim processing. Listen to the future of healthcare with the data jocks of talk. It's Tech Talk. Come on! And the data dock of talk. It's Tech Talk. Forever, Well, we're back. We're talking with uh, Dr. Jason Sumners. Jason is a, a hyperbaric specialist. He's brought that into his practice uh, as a chiropractor through his own personal experience, which I think is is always the unique way to step into doing something different. Uh, Jason, I, we were talking before a little bit, but in investing in that hardware, how did you find that? I mean, are are the chambers readily available? I'm assuming they're very modernized today. I've got all the safeties. You know, my brain thinks back in the old days where they were just sort of the iron chamber and uh, probably not the controls and things that exist today. Tell me a little bit about the hardware, setting that up, the cost involved in doing an office. And then I'd like to get a little bit into if you're interested in doing this, how do you tell whether somebody's really set up to do that well uh, in a practice? Sure. So uh, a few pieces in there. So uh, I think... In some ways, it's interesting. In some ways, the chambers haven't changed at all. They're still basically, uh, you know, a, a vessel that's being pressurized. In some cases, the materials are still similar as they were probably the way you picture them. Maybe they just, they look a little nicer. Maybe there's a few more things inside that make them more comfortable. Uh, there are certainly things that you don't see them, but from an operational standpoint, that's really where changes have been made in terms of making them much more easily controllable, uh, keeping people safer, you know, with, you know, without having to kind of stand and hover over it for the entire course of the session. And so if there've been advancements in it, it's been in that it's been in the ease of use, the simplicity of it. Um, and of course, in the safety of, of operations in terms of cost, I mean, it runs a pretty large gamut from, you know, there's soft chambers, there's hard chambers, uh, so, you know, a good soft chamber can run somebody just for the equipment, maybe 
somewhere between 15 and 25,000. Uh, for a hard chamber, they're closer to about 100, 125,000. Um, and, you know, ultimately, and I, and I have this conversation with doctors all the time, whether it's, you know, with chiropractors or naturopaths or MDs, you know, people that are considering bringing this in, in almost all cases, even with a, even with a hard chamber, you're looking at, uh, you're looking at a therapy that's, that patients are already looking for. So the, the, the market is already getting educated without your input. Uh, they have complicated cases. They're not responding to traditional care. They're looking for alternatives and hyperbaric is showing up as an alternative in many of these cases. And so you have this educated market where as a chiro- I mean, as chiropractors, people, you know, a lot of medical doctors don't understand the story, but I think chiropractors do. It's kind of like, I feel like I spent my whole career saying like, this is what I'm doing and this is why it's important. And this is what value I bring. And this is why you're coming in. And each time you come in, this is me showing you the changes that we've made and why it's important that we continue this process. And, you know, I remember when we really started building the, the hyperbaric business and we started getting it out there into the world, we'd get phone calls and the phone call would be like, hi, I understand that, um, you know, hyperbaric may help with this. I also understand that insurance doesn't cover it. It's going to cost a lot of money. I need to come in a lot of times in order for me to uh, get the effect. It's cumulative over time. And, I'm really just wondering, can I come to your clinic for this treatment and pay you for it? And I was like, wait a minute, I'm supposed to say all those things. <laughs> you know, it was like such a shift of paradigm because because this is so hard to find still, and because a lot of these cases are so complex, and because these patients are just looking for the right tool, you know, they come in very willing to participate in the process. And so uh, we we've helped. Even in 2020, we helped open, I think, 19 or 21 uh, offices, um, even like mid-pandemic, and every single clinic is doing well. Even when Cairo or other services dipped off a little bit during, you know, like the peak of the pandemic, hyperbaric continued. Patients were still coming in. They were still utilizing it. That didn't have any drop-off at all. And, you know, even with, you know, clinics that open with, let's say, two hard chambers, so you're looking at like 200 grand plus um, in, in initial expenses, most of those are, are paid off well within the first year. So the business model itself seems to be, um, you know, very productive. And number one, obviously, in terms of getting patients the type of therapy they're looking for, getting them these results that we're, we're hoping that they're going to have, but also turning that, that section of the clinic into its own sort of separate business. So you know, when I talk to docs a lot, it's not like you should do one or you should do the other. It's what's your patient base? What's your goal? Are you, are you looking to build like a full business around this? Or are you looking for another modality to offer your current patient base? Because if you're just looking for another modality, I would want you to keep it simple, keep your expenses lower. If you're looking to build, you know, a full business around this concept, then you, you know, those are the folks that really sort of need to step into that other model. Um, Jason, the barriers to entry, you know, obviously are related to costs and capital equipment. Um, <clears throat> also, like just the size of the equipment and where you put it in your practice. Um, those those seem to be barriers for entry. And when I think about hyperbaric, I also think about like cryotherapy, right? So cryotherapy was like this craze. Everybody's getting cryotherapy units. And <clears throat> how do you how do you kind of 
deal with the fact that there's there's going to be, as you said, there's an increase in the amount of utilization. There's just going to be increased competition over time. So how do you separate yourself when you're making these investments? You're probably changing the physical layout of your office in order to make this make this happen. Yeah. So for people doing, let's say, soft chamber only as a modality in their existing clinic, these things are portable. They come in boxes. You're not like you're not really building anything out. You're not changing the office structure. You don't need to rip out your front door or build out, you know, storage of any kind. You could literally just take one of your treatment rooms, set this thing up inside that treatment room and start utilizing it. So that part is, is pretty simple. Now there's going to be more and more of those soft chambers out there much faster than there are more of these hard chambers out there. So from a differentiation standpoint, for folks that are really looking to build a business around it, that's why I, I try to lean them towards that hard chamber because there is a there is a distinction and, and for certain conditions, you know, patients while they're educating online are hearing things. It's not always true, but they're hearing things like, oh, you need a hard chamber to help with something like that. Or like for us, the first hard chamber we bought wasn't because I felt like I wasn't getting good results. We were getting great results with soft chambers. The first hard chamber we bought was because I had three medical doctors that wanted to refer to me, but they refused to refer to the soft chamber. They only would refer to me if I had a hard chamber. And I tried to educate them so that they would understand the difference. They didn't want to hear it. So finally I gave in and I did that. And it turned out to be a great, you know, a great, I mean, we, we run, we have two clinics. We have one in Jersey, one in, one in Pennsylvania. We run three hard chambers and a soft chamber in New Jersey with like a two and a half month waiting list. And we run two hard chambers and a soft chamber in Pennsylvania with like a two and a half, three month waiting list. That's so fantastic. There's not enough of these things. So we ha- we're still a while away. I could set up three or four more clinics between my Jersey and Pennsylvania office, and they would all be, you know, just as full basically uh, as the ones that we have. So there are some barriers of entry, obviously cost. When you do to the hard chamber, you might have to like, we had to put a double door in because the single door wasn't enough, you know. They've made that a little bit easier now. They come in, they come, even the hard chambers can come in parts that we can get through smaller doorways these days. But when I initially did them, they were much bigger and they couldn't come apart. So we literally had to rip our front door out. We opened up walls. So that was a big project. But again, within a year, year and a half, that stuff was all paid for and, you know, and then some. So yes, there are barriers, but they're very, you know, we've figured out ways to overcome those. And most importantly, the biggest barrier to entry to me has been maybe fear that this, this therapy is so complex and so difficult to implement and how do you market it and how do you run it in your office? Like what are the policies? What are the procedures? So the last three or four years, that's really, we focus so much on that education and we have simplified that process uh, almost to a point of, you know, holding your hand throughout the, you know, the whole way through. That's great. Um, what percentage of the total cost to run the units is based in marketing? I mean, it sounds like people are flocking to you, but are you are you spending money on marketing? And, and what's it, what's the percentage of cost there as it relates to the total expenditures for running these units? So uh, we have found that we don't really need to market a lot. So we don't we're not doing like Google ads or Facebook ads or. Um, I mean, we've never done local paper marketing for any of the services that we offer. Uh, I just haven't found that to be effective for us. You know, even our Cairo side has always been cash, you know, so it's always been referral and all this kind of stuff. Um, You know, the the biggest, 
because patients are looking for it, we have strategies for what marketing should look like. And it has a lot more to do with just making sure the right people who are looking can find you more so than it is us saying, Hey, try this for this issue. Try this for this issue. It's really, you're already out there looking. I just need to make sure that you can find us. And so majority, when we talk about our business strategies uh, and our marketing strategies, a lot of it is geared toward that. It's making sure that people who are already looking for you in your area, find you effectively. Yeah. Paul, not push. That's great. I was just looking here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We have six facilities that are showing uh, hyperbaric chamber treatment. Uh, a couple of them are wound care facilities, but there is one Cairo and one DO that are doing it. And uh, they looks like the DO has the big hard chamber. So what is what is the difference? I guess you can get to a different pressure level with a hard chamber that you can't with a soft chamber, right? Right, yeah. So you can go to higher pressures and you can use a higher percentage of oxygen with hard chambers and soft chambers. Um, so the interesting thing, you know, wound care centers, which there are always, you know, most people, their local hospital has hyperbaric and there's probably two or three wound care clinics, you know, in the area. And none of those people will treat any of the people that we treat. So it's completely non-competitive that way. And what happens is a lot of patients, let's say with a concussion or MS or Lyme disease, the patient says, okay, they educate online. They're like, oh, hyperbaric might help. Then they Google hyperbaric near me. And the three places that show up are the hospital and the two wound care centers. And they call them and they're like, hey, I have, you know, Lyme disease. Can I come in for treatment? And they're like, no. Oh, that's weird. Then they call the wound care clinic. Hey, I have Lyme disease. Can I come in for treatment? No, we don't treat that. And so they're in this place where they're finding you know, Google said this was a good therapy for me, yet the first three places I call won't treat me. What is going, you know, there's, there's a huge disconnect in the market that way. So again, making sure, and we have pretty good strategies for this at this point, making sure when they, that person is looking that you're on that short list of places that they're calling initially um, makes a big difference having that person find you. Yeah. You can definitely on the website, see where they're pushing general wellness, functional medicine, neuropathy, sports related kind of things you can tell the ones that know how to market it as opposed just to the wound care and and a lot of that's probably post-surgical kind of things they seem to be related to the hospital or the teaching hospital that we have here that's really fascinating you talk a lot about this being cash what and i know it vary from area to area but what would a person expect to pay for treatment so uh, soft chamber around the country on the low end is probably 80 bucks an hour. On the high end is probably around 150 an hour. Hard chamber is closer to maybe on the low end, 150 and the high end, like 350. Do you spend uh, again, less, it's totally you, dependent on area. You spend less time in the hard chamber than you do the soft chamber? Is Not that- necessarily. Uh, maybe, maybe less sessions. If, if you were going to treat the exact same thing, you know, in a hard chamber versus soft chamber, you're probably not going to need as many sessions in the hard chamber. Um, but it depends really what it really depends what it is. Let's take another break. We're going to come back and I want to, I want you to help identify if you're one of our listeners out there, how can you know and find that right center and, and have the right words and speak to understand you're going to a facility that you can trust. I'd, I'd like to understand that. All right. But don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. 
As a Cairo Health USA provider, we're excited to work with you to identify which of your discounts are good, bad, or illegal. Most chiropractors bend over backwards to make their care affordable. Unfortunately, dual fee schedules, false claims, inducement violations, and time of service discounts can all put you at risk. And no offense, everybody's doing it doesn't work with auditors. At Cairo Health USA, we're here to help protect and grow your practice. Just listen to our provider stats. 20% overall practice growth versus 2019. Over 50% of CHUSA patients renew their membership year after year. Over 2,500 patients per month use our provider's search directory to find a CHUSA provider. At Cairo Health USA, our purpose is simple. It's to improve the quality of life for our doctors, their teams, and their patients. With over 5,000 providers and nearly a million patients, Cairo Health USA is the network that works for chiropractic. For more information, call 888-719-9990 or visit www.chirohealthusa.com. Damn, damn, damn. Let's slow it down. With the hot data jocks of talk. Ooh. It's Tech Talk. Don't you cry no more. All right, everybody, we are back, and I'm with my very good friend, Mr. Brad Cost, and a newly good friend, Dr. Jason Saunders, and super excited to have you here, Jason. I uh, was fascinated by what you presented at UAC around what you're doing with hyperbaric and chiropractic, and during the break, you were talking a lot, and, and also with a lot of passion, with both, which both Brad and I really appreciate, like why this is so good for chiropractors, like why hyperbaric makes so much sense for doctors of chiropractic to really own this space. So to be favor, it was great stuff. Share that with the audience. I don't know if I can repeat it quite the way I said it the first time. (laughs) (laughs) I have confidence in you. You can do it, dude. You know, so I think the point was when we were having that conversation, I said, you know, I feel very strongly that uh, in chiropractic, our understanding of, of everything that we've ever done is we're, we're removing interference. We're trying to allow the body to do what the body does. And without interference, the body understands and has a capacity to heal. A lot of the other therapies that I've ever been involved with, other than let's say traditional, you know, hands-on chiropractic, you know, I have a, a pretty large background in exercise physiology and then in nutrition. And it's always just been about restoring proper movement restoring proper nutrition, making sure the body has all the ingredients that it needs to express the health that we know that it can. And ultimately, hyperbaric is that. Hyperbaric is just giving the body more oxygen than what we could normally get. Right now, you know, if you had a pulse oximeter on your finger, we're all 98, 99% saturated. If we have no heart issues, no lung issues, whether you're at, at altitude or at sea level, you're basically getting all the oxygen you could possibly get. But just like any other nutrient, periodic exposure, mega dosing it for some period of time to promote some sort of healing effect. Like you might get all the vitamin C you need for a normal day, but if you were fighting a cold, you may increase your vitamin C so that you have more capacity to fight. Well, oxygen is the exact same thing. Right now you're getting all the oxygen you could possibly get plus or minus one or 2% with hyperbaric, even, even simple hyperbaric scenarios, you can improve your oxygenation by at least 30% doing, you know, a soft chamber, even just using regular air. 
But, you know, in a hard chamber at two atmospheres and 100% oxygen, you can increase your oxygen 15 times more than what you're getting right now. Wow. So, and again, it's really, it's still just oxygen. So you're exposing the body to this enormous amount of oxygen. I can't say you have an elbow problem, you have a back problem, you have a head injury. We're going to make sure all this oxygen goes to your elbow. All this oxygen goes to your brain. We can't do that. You breathe it through your lungs. It gets dispersed systemically throughout your whole body and your body decides how to use it. And your body creates the healing effect the same way it does when we adjust people, the same way it does when we correct their movement patterns and the same way it does when we affect you know, their, their diet and their nutrition. Yeah, I, I love that. I'm, I'm super curious as it related to everything that was happening with the COVID pandemic, um, were there people coming to you to either boost their capabilities, their functional capabilities, and or get treated if they felt like crap? There, there's, there's been a awakening of oxygen therapies, I think, on a whole throughout this entire pandemic. And in the midst of it, when... When it looked like, you know, I'm, I'm from Jersey, right? So like New York, New, you know, I'm 15 minutes outside New York City. So as COVID was sort of, you know, growing and they were nervous or so they were bringing that ship in and they were, you know, shipping um, ventilators all over and trying to prepare for, you know, the worst. And then what we saw, unfortunately, in the area was that, you know, ventilators weren't the right choice and it wasn't a breathing issue. These people were able to breathe it was a oxygen absorption issue. So they they had no, they could even talk, they could talk, they could breathe. They just, their oxygen saturations were dropping. It was an oxygen diffusion issue more than it was a breathing problem. And so the ventilators didn't, not only didn't they do what they were supposed to do, unfortunately, I think, you know, we, we lost, you know, something like 87, I think percent of the folks in New York that ended up on ventilators ended up dying. Yeah. And so through the process, a lot of people throughout the world, Ireland, Australia, China, Japan, South Korea, I ended up on all these phone calls and all these, you know, group uh, zoom calls, um, people who've used hyperbaric for all kinds of different things in the past, who are all trying to come together to figure out, is there a way that we could get, you know, mass amounts of people exposed to pressure because it's pressure is what creates diffusion across the membrane. And so what we knew was if you can increase the pressure that the patient was being exposed to, you didn't need to force the breath. You just needed to increase the pressure and that would have driven, you know, oxygen across the, the barrier. So there was a lot of work back in you know, May, June, July, August, a lot of great think tanks that we were a part of and having these conversations. And in some cases, in small pockets, you know, people were doing that. Uh, there were there are a handful. There's even some ongoing studies right now, one in Israel, one in France, one in New York City, and I think one in Brazil, uh, looking at treating COVID specifically. But, um, you know, thankfully, the intensity of that moment seems to have also declined. And now people are saying, well, you know, if it just helps boost my immune system, I'm pretty happy, right? If I just get a little boost, my immune system's a little bit more capable, regardless of what I get, flu, the cold, Zika, COVID, bird flu, pig flu, whatever, <laughs> you know, any version of these things that I'm exposed to, if my immune system has a, has a faster, more efficient response, 
I'm going to, I'm going to do better. Right. And so we yeah. see an increase in people looking for things like these oxygen therapies. We see an increase in people using certain other nutritional supplements as a way to improve immune function. So, you know, that way it's been pretty interesting to watch. I got to tell you, I um, had a friend who um, unfortunately passed away and they had put him on a ventilator and I, I called uh, my go-to person for so many things healthcare related is, is a good friend of Brad Nars. Her name is Dr. Cindy Howard. And I'm like, Cindy, you know, this is what's going on. What can we do? And she's like, if you can get him a hyperbaric um, oxygen helmet, that's going to be so much better. Get him off the ventilator. And so I called the hospital. They fucking ignored me. Um, they didn't want to have anything to do with this concept, this idea. And um, it's unfortunate because who knows, maybe it would have saved his life. Yeah. I mean, at the time they were talking about taking, you know, there's all these grounded 747s. Like, I mean, they would basically just be jumbo jet hyperbaric chambers. They're all pressurized cabins. You know, you could fit 300 people inside, you know, this this hyperbaric chamber and just it, it doesn't take a lot for a lot of these cases. They weren't using super high pressure, yeah. just a little bit more pressure, a slightly higher percentage of oxygen. And, you know, it seemed to make a huge impact on a lot of these people. So we could have a party hyperbaric chamber then, I guess, couldn't we? And, ha- and start holding parties. <laughs> exactly. I love that, Brad. Always thinking about the good times, man. <laughs> love that, bro. I, uh, I had the unfortunate experience of uh, 35 years ago of having uh, open heart surgery that went horribly wrong. And I spent a month on a ventilator. And I'm telling you, it is not an experience anyone wants. And it has screwed with my brain. If I ever need to go on a ventilator, I'm going to be in trouble. It, it is that, um, oh man, I, and, and I was so drugged. I don't remember a whole lot of it, but I remember enough of it. And uh, my mother kept the notes for a long time of when he can't speak. So she'd keep the notes and I'd try to write. And some of the crazy things that came out of me, you know, it saved my life. But um, nobody ever talked about doing some of these kind of things. Maybe they didn't fit, but uh, being on a vent is not always a great thing. Well, listen, uh, Jason, before we, we go, let's let's give you a second. I know you've got a couple books out there. Tell us about this audience. If they want to learn more about what you're doing, how to get hold of you, give some of these references out, some websites, how they can, can contact you to learn more about what you're doing. Sure. Our, our main website is HBOTUSA. So HBOTUSA.com has a pretty good amount of just overall content. What is hyperbaric? How does it work? Why does it work? What's it good for? Um, how do we use it for certain indications, but also is it appropriate or how is it appropriate for some of the performance and wellness sides of things? Uh, we have a YouTube channel. It's also HBOT USA. I probably have about 120 videos, uh, all specific. They're pretty sh- Most of them are short on just very specific topics. Hyperbaric for cancer, hyperbaric for TBI, hyperbaric for MS, hyperbaric for dementia. Um, and they're all well-referenced, you know, articles that, um, that I reference are always in the description. So, you know, it's all founded in the research of, of what's out there and uh, what's going on. Um, I don't know if I even told Jay, but I went back to school last year. So I'm in the middle of a PhD program in molecular biology, specifically studying hyperbaric and its effect on regenerative medicine. And so I have some studies that are going to start coming out over the next few weeks that we'll post in YouTube. We'll post them. Uh, on our website. And then, uh, you know, we have a, a whole other website separate. It's called the hbotcourse.com, which is where our business training is, our certifications. And so, 
you know, up until literally six months ago, chiropractors could not get certified in hyperbaric medicine. There was literally no avenue for a chiropractor wanting to do it to get certified. So there are plenty of people doing it, um, but they just don't necessarily have the proper credentialing in order to do that, you know, above board, let's just say. And so, you know, again, me feeling really passionate about that. I really want chiropractors to own this space. I wrote a curriculum for, you know, like a functional medicine, chiropractic, hyperbaric clinician course. It's a 40 hour course. You get 40 hours of CMEs for this course, you know, CU. And I got it accredited through a third party, you know, hyperbaric accreditation agency that's been, you know, training dive medics and hyperbaric clinicians for 25 years. But now it's really based solely around these hundred indications, these other indications that are non-insurance based indications. And so now there's this avenue for, for gaining that type of certification for you or for, you know, your staff, like for the chamber operators and technicians. So we train all those folks so that, you know, everybody's speaking the same language, everybody's utilizing the same or similar equipment. Everyone's got similar, you know, policies and procedures, keeping everybody safe, keeping it really effective. So that's really what we're trying to build. And, and so in, on the HBOT USA website, there's even a locations page. So, you know, if, if you're like, listen, this sounds great. I have no interest in ever, adding hyperbaric to my clinic, but you want to know if there's a nearby place, everyone that we train or certify ends up on that HBOT USA website um, as a sort of a, we're collaborating, we work together and, and they're doing the right thing. So you could look them up and see who's near you. You could refer people that way. And if, you know, if somebody is interested, then it's a question of, like I said, you go through the process with us what's your goals? What are your, what's your patient base like? What's your business like? What are you trying to create? And we help strategize, you know, what kind of equipment should you have? How does that work? And then where does the training and, and, and certification process, you know, come into play for, for anyone who's interested. So, um, you know, always happy to have those conversations. I love helping people build businesses, you know, as a chiropractor, knowing that every minute of my day, you know, like, you know, it gets to a point where you know that, you know, dollars, you're helping patients. That's your primary goal. And every dollar that we make is tied to time and it's tied to our hands. And when I started building this business inside our clinic, what I realized was I could have as much, if not a, a more of an effect on certain conditions that I wasn't having the same effect with my hands. And there was a, there was a benefit to the patient that I couldn't deliver any other way. And it became a business that didn't rely specifically on my time and my hands. And that became a very freeing moment for me as a, as a clinician and a practice owner. And so when I help other docs get to that point, it's, it's very rewarding for me because I understand that life, you know, I live that life and um, helping people break free of that mold so that they could actually focus on other things in their life, whether it's to do other things in their clinic, or even if it's just more personal time or family time, whatever it ends up being for that person, it frees them from the model of, you know, time, money, and hands. So I got to say, Jason, I'm super impressed, man what you're doing, love, love that you're getting your PhD, love that everything you're doing is founded in evidence and science, but also aligning it with chiropractic and all the things that we do to help patients naturally. So um, kudos to you. Great job. And I'm super excited to, to watch your journey and we'll, we'll have you back, man. We'll have you back soon. And, and you can tell us about all the other great things that you're doing. Absolutely. Love to. I'll come back on when I have some research to show everybody. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I'm impressed, man. You must not have any extra hours in the day. You must be like Jay and I. I mean, 
You're working on a PhD. You, you have a wife, you have a business, multiple businesses. Do you have kids? We have three kids and uh, we took them out of school. So we, we homeschool them. That's why I went back to school. I went back to school so I could role model what it's like to be in school, taking tests, reading books, writing papers. So yeah, we homeschool them. We travel a lot. So we're, we're always bouncing around and we bring, it used to be, I mean, it used to be like I would do a conference. I'd go away for three days, come back, go away for two days, come back. Now all five of us just go. We spend like three or four extra days. We, we make school about wherever we are, you know, kind of build that into, into the whole thing. So yeah, it's kind of crazy, but we love it. That's great. That's great. Well, Jason, thank you for spending the last hour with us. Uh, I've learned a lot and uh, a great respect for anyone that's giving the time that you're giving to the world that you're really trying to not just make a dollar. You're really trying to make an impact and change patients' lives in a world that's really crazy. So kudos to you. Anything that I can do and Jay can do to help you out in that, uh, please let us know. We'd, we'd like to contribute and help get the message out and the word out uh, to our networks. You bet. So, Jay, again, I'm, hey, brother. I'm glad you're back, brother. Um, I hope. Thanks, man. Good to be back. I hope you have a, a safe uh, next few days. Everything works out just fine and good to hear your voice again. Another, another great session, and uh, we've had a great time. From Dr. Jay Greenstein, I'm Brad Cost. Have a good day. See y'all. to the future of healthcare with the data jocks of talk it's tech talk reaching your potential brings you the freedom to run your practice the way that you want does that mean gaining more patients or more profit or more time spent pursuing other dreams kaizenovate can help you achieve the freedom you want by providing the education technology, and consultation expertise to help you grow your practice and achieve your dreams. Kaizenovate, the developer of the Canvas app, the app that can take your practice to the next level by providing a customized, direct connection between your practice and patient. Through a built-in rewards program, Canvas can grow new and existing patient numbers and increase your patient's adherence to care plans. What does your custom dream app look like? Elevate your practice with Kaizenovate.